Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 917. Something precious, Alberon said. I opened my eyes. Not necessarily. It has become precious because it is old and because it has been with a family for so long. It is also precious because it is a mystery. But was it precious to begin with? I shrugged. Who can say? But you lock up precious things, Alvaron pointed out. Precisely, I held up the box, displaying its smooth face. This isn't locked up. In fact, it might be locked away. It may be something dangerous. Why would you say that? Alvaron asked curiously. Why go through the trouble? Mellowin protested. Why save something dangerous? If something is dangerous... You destroy it. She seemed to answer her own question as soon as she had voiced it. Unless it was precious as well as dangerous. Perhaps it was too useful to destroy, Alvaron suggested. Perhaps it couldn't be destroyed, I said. Last and best, Alvaron said, leaning forward even further in his seat. How do you open it? I gave the box a long look, turned it in my hands, pressed the sides. I ran my fingers over the patterns, feeling for a seam my eyes could not detect. I shook it gently, tasted the air around it, held it to the light. I have no idea, I admitted. Alvaron slumped a little. It was too much to expect, I suppose. Perhaps some piece of magic? I hesitated to tell him that sort of magic only existed in stories. None I have at my command. Have you ever considered simply cutting it open? Alvaron asked his wife. Mellowin looked every bit as horrified as I felt at the suggestion. Never, she said as soon as she caught her breath. It is the very root of our family. I would sooner think of salting every acre of our lands. And hard as this wood is, I hurried to say, you would most likely ruin whatever was inside, especially if it is delicate. It was only a thought, Alvaron reassured his wife. An ill-considered one, Mellowin said sharply, then seemed to regret her words. I'm sorry, but the very thought... She trailed off, obviously distraught. He patted her hand. I understand, my dear. You're right. It was ill-considered. Might I put it away now? Mellowin asked him. I reluctantly handed the box back to Mellowin. If there were a lock, I could attempt to circumvent it. But I can't even make a guess at what the hinge might be, or the seam for the lid. In a box... No lid or locks. Lockless keeps her. And that's the page. Keeps her what? What's in the box? I'm Nick. Sorry. I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm Jordana. <laughs> I'm Jeremy. Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> I, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, he's the joke ruiner. I think someone raised a uh, prior that uh, the this might be quite literally the source of their power and prosperity, that somehow it might be bestowing these things on the Lacklesses. 
I think that was my idea. Or it was someone's letter and I just agreed with it. <laughs> but it wasn't okay, one of your you, ideas. You can take credit for it. <laughs> Even if it's not literally true, it definitely seems like they believe that that's true, right? Yeah, I, I like what you said yesterday about how it's it's sacred. It's been with their family for ages and it's gained an almost religious significance. I think that really resonates. And I think they're doing a lot of good thinking around it. Like, why not destroy it? Why lock it up? Well, it must be precious and dangerous. I feel like we learn a lot about Melowin Lackless's character in her behavior in this scene and in her uh, approach to solving problems. Like, her... Why save something dangerous? If something is dangerous, you destroy it. Is uh, a pretty telling piece of characterization, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, that will have immediate ramifications not two pages from now. Yeah, and also she she values something that's precious over destroying something that's dangerous, right? Like, mm. even though she is uh, uh, efficient, shall we say, pragmatic and ruthless when it comes to handling something dangerous, she places even more value in something that is precious. Well, I, I mean, sure. I think it sort of depends how you define precious what and how useful the precious thing is, I suppose. Mm. Um, and, you know, precious to whom? Uh, but also, she also says... I would rather like salt every acre of our lands from which we derive our wealth than see this thing come to harm. Like again, telling Mm -hmm. because salting every acre of her lands would make her family less rich and also like impoverish and starve every peasant who works for her. That doesn't matter. I don't think she's worried about the peasants who work for her. Well, indeed. Indeed. I, I do demand though, sir, since you've said the word precious like four times that you at least say it properly once. Precious. Thank you. What's precious? Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Satisfied. <and laughs> we also see from Meluin and Alvarin's relationship that, you know, as soon as he suggests something and she doesn't like it, he backs right off. He's like, oh, sorry, honey. You know, it was a bad idea. I'm sorry I brought it up. It's like, goddamn, you're right. You're, you're right. You're sorry you brought it up. Yes, dear. But I she also sorry. seems to regret, like, admonishing him, right? And then she apologizes immediately. It's interesting. Yeah, I actually think they are having a reasonably good relationship moment where, like, he says something that's just kind of like a thought that he didn't maybe consider. And then and then her reaction is just as abrupt and then she kind of feels bad about her reaction and he kind of feels bad about the his idea and they're both kind of like you know what you know what like maybe we're not right maybe we're not wrong but we're both like a little bit right sure. and a little bit wrong and that's fine and it's kind of nice sure. <laughs> when has the mayor ever allowed himself to be admonished by anybody when has he ever accepted that he was wrong in a situation and someone else was right about it marriage can change people <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think, yes, but I also think that it's someone with whom you are equal social standing who has an equal amount of power to leverage over you. Mm. Uh, I think that's part of it. She reminds me of Margaret Dumont in this scene, going like, oh, well, I, the very thought, oh my. Margaret Dumont. Yeah, she's she plays the, uh, the wealthy dowager in every Marx Brothers movie. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. I think the, one of the reasons that Mayor Alvaron is so excited about this is that he's auditioning Quoth. Um, 
he has kind of his go-to uh, problem solver in Dagon. And I think Foth has uh, perhaps inadvertently completed a, an audition, one audition of a kind in returning with the bandits uh, settled in this way. And I think the mayor is excited to dispatch Quoth to solve the problem of the Emir now. Um, I think that's why he's so animated. He's excited to see Quoth work at solving the problem of the box, this like wicked unsolvable problem. Uh, he's excited that now he's got this clever, clever person that he can send to solve the Amir problem, who's an alternative to Dagon. I was thinking about this, like his his fixer, his problem solver is Dagon, and now he's got a really nice alternative in uh, in Quoth, the subtle, thoughtful one, mind like a hammer rather than mind like a sword, or you know, a fire. Hmm. Much to think on. Indeed. And uh, we have a letter, so we can think on that as well. Okay, let's read it. Oh, sorry, mailbag. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow, Jordan, uh, really abandoning formality here. <laughs> I, just, I was just, I just wanted to get to the letter. That's all. This is from Annie who writes regarding lessons. Hi, just listened to an episode with a call for letters. Not sure this will make it to you before you're done. Since I'm behind, I've just been listening to the sections with Quoth killing the false troop for the greater good and have been wanting to yell Amir. I think there's even a reference to blood running down his hands. Just wanted to throw that out there. It's all I could think of through the whole section. Quoth gets things done, just like Sim told him way back in the library when they were looking at a book with an Amir reference, I think. Thanks for the podcast. I love listening both for the book and the banter. All the best, signed Annie. And there is a follow-up letter add-on. I am now also musing over the difference between the right action of the Lathani versus action, quote, for the greater good, unquote, the motto of the Amir. Mm. Well, and of course, the, you know, the idea of doing bad things for the greater good is an attractive one, but one always has to wonder who gets to decide what the greater good is and who it applies to. That's really the sticking point, right? And I do think there is kind of an interesting difference between that and the Lathani, because the Lathani does not necessarily talk about the greater good, you know, in the sense that we might think of like the most good for the most number of people. Um, but it does talk about, you know, fundamentally correct action, which maybe is right. not the same kind of moral calculus, but it's a version well, I think of it's, it. It's kind of the opposite moral calculus because it, the Lathani, I don't think could justify doing an atrocity because it would benefit the greater good in the abstract. It's like, what is the right thing to do right now is how the Lathani works. Like what is the, what is the moral and just thing to do in this moment, which is kind of the opposite of the greater good. I think Quoth has just appointed himself arbiter of the greater good by killing the Rutroop. And of course we as readers are nodding along because it's, you know, all but indefensible to, to not do something about them because they're so awful. But mm. uh, I think it's worthwhile to note that the transformation has already begun. Is that Jordana? I don't understand. What do you want from me? What do you think about this letter? Um, I guess, I mean, I mostly, I don't know. I don't know what I think, actually. This is very, <laughs> I don't like making decisions. This is a very difficult thing to think on. Jordan is just going to squirm on her little fence post. Yes, although I do think the ideas, the ideas brought up in the letter 
are interesting and uh, I like that they are options. Uh, I'm not I'm not in any camp though. I don't necessarily agree or disagree. You know, the fence. Yeah. Yeah. Jordana Splinterbottom once more. Uh, <laughs> you have to come up with more humbling. unique names. Yeah, we promise not to bring back that particular epithet. No, you you have to. You, you can bring back different epithets to do with uh, spiky fence posts and or splinters, but they have to be unique Jordana every time. Jordana Leg Dangler. Jordana. Oh, reasonable, reasonable. Jordana, Jordana Leg Dangler. Uh, is is up there right now whistling a jaunty tune, swinging her legs. Uh, and that's where we'll leave her until tomorrow's page. Uh, I'm imagining her like when you see Kermit the Frog sitting. Uh, exactly. Her sort of like flapping lengths of felt. Yes, like a, like a rag doll in a video game. The wind. Dropped down a bottomless shaft. The wind. 